0: God. So one of the things that really bugs me about Transformers of the 21st century, and really of the last 30 years, you're talking about
1: toys, movies, shows. What are you talking magic about? The line, the Magic the Gathering cards. My God, the dude. line.
0: Oh, oh yeah, the magic cards right behind me. Is the fact that the leader of the Autobots is not the most popular Autobot?
1: Oh, the Bumblebee took took. To, yes, I feel like Bumblebee has always been the fan crowd. Favorite. Wait, the Autobots not are the in the '80s. Good guys, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Autobots are the good guys. Decepticons
2: okay, are
0: the bad guys. Decepto
3: somethings are the bad guys.
2: yeah yeah, because they, they okay. deceive you. Deception with an yes. extra. <laughs>
3: okay. Yeah, and Autobot Spelletic. does
2: not come from cars. It comes from autonomy and free will. Oh yeah, according to the retcon from the novelization,
1: anyway. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you got into this.
3: <laughs> I I, thought I read one book. A little bit, you know, literature for me.
1: I, I feel like you know, as a as a fellow anarchist, paulette uh, you know, maybe Proudhon had something to say about uh, you know, <laughs> no doubt.
0: I don't know, man. Like back when back when Bumblebee was a VW Bug, mm, nobody yeah. cared. <laughs> like, he was, he was oh, the still this VW still point of view Hi. character, though, right? Okay, it was, no, it was great, but I but Bumblebee as a character, he yeah. was a known Autobot but, like, Wheeljack was more important. Ironhide had more history with with Optimus. No,
3: but, right.
1: like, Wait, Ratchet thing, was a big deal.
3: I, I feel like Bumblebee... Only know three- yeah. Go ahead, Steve, I'll ask my
1: question. Oh, just I, I, I think Paul was onto something where Bumblebee was kind of like the the POV character, the the the, yeah. the bumbling kid with the heart of gold who stumbled right. his way into mm-hmm. being important to all the stories.
2: And then the humans interfaced with with Bumblebee.
1: That's yeah, that's the part that's short. dumb to me is because <laughs> right. it, you have transforming robots. Yeah, that alone is cool enough that you don't need human characters at all. You yeah. really so, don't. So really he, don't. here's
3: my question, though, because Please. I was a big Transformers kid, yeah. you know, back before Steve and Will were born in the good yeah. days of, of childhood entertainment. I'm just, gonna along gonna, and I, I'm just i to just and ruin everything. I'm just going to take three it in things, I only know three things about the modern movies.
1: Yeah.
3: One, that Michael Bay directs them.
1: Yes. Yeah. Some
3: Two, of them. that Megan Fox looks very good bending over in a car, but uh. that. Image has now been seared in everyone's brain because it's way too many places. Bending over a
2: car, not in a car, just to (laughs) pop the hood. (laughs) I'm sure they found a lot of places. Bending over to to look at the engine. Right. I'm just saying in a car has a slightly different implication. Okay. That's fair. Which is inferred from the first implication, but you know.
3: Also fair. But then but, the loud thing being that they're all obnoxiously loud to yes. the point where I was in one theater and could hear it in the next theater. and was like, I don't want to watch these movies.
2: <laughs> so Christopher <laughs> Nolan was a consultant, <laughs> you're saying? on the audio. <laughs> My <laughs> the personal
3: Monster. favorite Decepticon, uh, Transformer of any kind, because I had it as a toy at six, and so that's when the best of impressions of media are formed, yeah. Yeah. was the one that was like a music player, but it had yeah. like a little helper that popped out that was a cassette tape.
1: Yeah, Will Will Here's Will is thing. going to Yeah, yeah, yeah. grab the Lego. Grab the Lego. <laughs> kids today
3: don't know about cassette yeah. tapes. Yeah. So yeah, Soundwave because he's the, the best effing Transformer. Thank man. you. So, did they update it to be like a Blu-ray or an MP3 player, no. or is it still a cassette tape? Well, because the '80s are great, and kids just have uh, to learn the '80s. No, and, no. He's it would
1: be amazing if he's just like movies. a living Spotify playlist.
3: No, <laughs> oh. he's, he's,
0: he's, he's a conceptual transformer <laughs> That's Just right. living in the, in the internet.
3: So, so is he a cassette tape now still? No. Well.
1: Depends.
0: N- it's not in so, everything. Okay. First of all. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So the first five Transformers movies are one semi timeline and then Bumblebee and wait, Rise of the wait, Machines are is a separate how one. Many okay. Isn't Bumblebee a prequel? There's seven to it Transformers movies. Did, I think Rise of the Beast
2: is the seventh live-action transformer. Because movie. they make money and people enjoy them. They sell. But again, what? Like, let's be honest. It doesn't matter. That's not the Because they're you giant first. transforming so. robots and people like cars. In the first five movies, <laughs> in the
0: first, five, no, movies, in the first five movies, they were going to use Soundwave multiple times, and they finally settled on, I think it's the third movie, and he is a satellite mm. that launches a Ravage, who's the Jaguar thing yeah. uh, dropping down onto the earth. In the Bumblebee and it's never, movie, it's and they are as a reboot.
2: Yeah. I thought it the was Bumblebee a Bumblebee pre- movie. It's a, oh,
0: it's, a, it's a reboot prequel. It's set in the 80s, mm-hmm. but um, the it's a reboot for the franchise where they've been redesigned to mm-hmm. be a lot more colorful okay. <laughs> for, lack, yeah. for lack of an even better face. But in Bumblebee, there's a flashback to Cybertron that has this design of Soundwave, where oh. he still has sort of cassettes. The, the yeah, artifacts they're, of being a tape they're recorder. They're like, they're like yeah. boxes. Yeah. And toy versions that look more like this, where it's less clearly a stereo, he's been a tank. And so he kind of acts more as like a APC. And so, and like the front will open up, and and the either like a disc or just a box <laughs> will come out, and those are the ones that transform into Laserbeak, Ravage, Rumble, and all so that. So
3: they've already rebooted the series.
2: Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Yes. Come it, on. It was it's a it's been
3: twenty
1: years. Yeah. Yeah.
3: They rebooted what? Spider-Man like it's three and, and a, a half while. times already. Yeah. No, the first one came out like five years.
1: First one came no. out while I was the first one came out while I was in Europe. Uh, yeah, the so first was one came out 2007. The,
0: same, the same year as Spider-Man 3. The
1: first one came out in 2007, and me and Will, yeah. you know, Transformers, was like the basis of our, uh, like the first basis of our friendship when we were in preschool, and I was like, I'm going to be over on the other side of an ocean when it comes out, but you wait for me, I'll be back, and we'll watch it together, and I got back, <laughs> and Will was like, bad news. I I saw it without you. It's terrible. I was like, we're going to go see it anyway. He's going to be like, you're going to be disappointed. And even knowing that I was going to be disappointed, I was still still disappointed. (laughs) I I had low expectations, and then he lowered them, and then they failed to meet that. You're right, talking so, about the well, first welcome movie? Welcome to this episode yes. of a
3: podcast in which Will and Steve bully me for being an old person with good taste of their childhood stuff. Wow. Oh, hey, we are the one talk brought <laughs> <laughs> Transformers <brought laughs> toys. To I'm just Daredee. trying to get us into a podcast. I'm a natural host. I'm trying not to host. This, this is just built open. a legal You don't Bumblebee have to get it. get it. Someone take us into an ad also, break or something. By the way,
2: have <laughs> you not seen Bumblebee, the movie?
3: I've heard Bumblebee is a good movie. I have not seen it. It's the, the one that I think
2: you would actually like. It is Mark, Mark the Wahlberg the or Megan Fox in it. They are not in it. No,
3: I thought they were it's like a to- in every it's it's a reboot.
2: It's a not Hany Seinfeld. They're not even in a single movie together.
1: <laughs> uh, what Megan? Yeah. Yeah. Megan Fox like, like aged two, out right? out of like Megan Fox whatever, was in the right? first two, and Mark <laughs> <laughs> Wahlberg was out. in like, like four, seven, four, Five, Yeah, again, these started in two thousand seven. Yeah, and the shelf hi- life—the <laughs> shelf life for you know somebody who's cast, into who's be, cast who's in the thing Someone who's supposed to be who's
0: supposed to pass as a nineteen-year-old. Just got okay. it's aged out. shortly. Yeah.
3: opened. I am feeling the cold, dark embrace of age. Can, can we? Can we You did this beyond? to yourself. That's, I'm that's just you, say. I'm <laughs> just <gonna laughs>
0: floodgates. Okay, Stephen, what are we doing here?
1: Welcome to Hype is My Superpower. the is a podcast, comic books, things we're hyped on, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. We've got guests, as you obviously heard. We've got Matthew and Paul, the host and permanent guest host of Superhero Ethics. And they are here to talk with us about some of the ethical quandaries that came up in Judgment Day. Avengers, X-Men, Eternals, crossover That we've been talking about for the last two weeks on the podcast in our normal episodes, and we thought, rather than, you know, go back to reading comic books and doing hard things, we would have our friends on and hang out. Isn't that so much more fun?
0: Yay! Absolutely.
3: (laughs) I don't have to add it. Thanks for being here, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, Welcome. Nipuna has four tracks to edit, so he's cursing our names. But awesome. I promise you, Nips, <laughs> this will be a lot shorter than usual. This is a short episode.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, I'm so Jen
2: Batman. Oh yeah. And for yeah. watchers of the stream. <laughs> I don't know
1: whether you have your commands enabled, but you know. <laughs> no, that's right. We are also on Twitch. We haven't plugged this on the on the podcast. On the pod. yet, so you don't have maybe the we should do that. The, the
2: yeah. If yeah. oh, you yeah, ever so feel so like not should, uh, waiting send-
1: a million years for these to be uh, <laughs> published because I suck at publishing and it's entirely my fault, you can hop on twitch.tv slash silverdreamer with a Y. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let me- okay. Okay, we good to go? AXE Judgment Day. Yeah. So, Will, what happened in AXE Judgment Day? Just to... <sighs> okay. Yeah, so no, <laughs> you know what? I'll summarize.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Don't summarize. It'll take too long. Sum up.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, elevator um, pitch. Yeah, so the Eternal Society, they create a new god, which they think is going to provide a, a better set of directions for their society to fall in the future. The god decides to do the thing that Eternals gods usually do, which is judge the planet and basically decide whether life on Earth is worth continuing or not. They have 24 hours to justify themselves and it judges people based on kind of on their own standards. The best summary from the the crossover came in an issue where they said, like, if you're going to best judge the best crocodile, you're not going to do like which crocodile ignores being a crocodile the best or transcends. You're not going to do the saint of crocodiles. You're going to go for the one who eats the most fucking people.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, sure. <laughs> so every individual is judged based on sort of like how well they live up to the the stand, or the the set of ethics that they set for themselves, and, and kind of it it it's a little wishy washy, but that's the point. And that, that's the
0: Kieran, that's, the Kieran Gillen judgments are yeah. that the cameo side story. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. Aren't. Yeah.
1: But this is that's basically, you know, and then blah 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 superhero stuff they save the day. That part is less interesting to you, I'm sure. And we're more interested the the ethics questions are about, you know, how are people judged? Why are they judged? What role does judgment have from, you know, a, a more of like a Individual ethical standpoint, also a theological standpoint, because this is a a new God that's been created. And then the overriding metaphor of the whole story arc is about what is our collective responsibility to each other when there are larger things like for example uh, getting vaccinated or wearing a mask or taking precautions during covid or you know limiting your carbon footprint and you know being environmentally responsible for you know in in the face of global warming there are all of these like collective and public concerns that can doom us all you know, and we may not be individually responsible or, or capable of saving the planet, saving ourselves. You know, uh, individually, but we all have. Do we have, and to what extent do we have a responsibility to each other to do the right thing? And so, yeah, that those are. That's kind of the 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 summary, the long and short of where I wanted to kind of take this conversation then if we have any more time we can kind of go through some individual superheroes who were judged and talk about what judgments were rendered and whether we think that's cool or fair or not when we pitched this idea to you too matthew you said right off the bat we have you know collective judgment for individual acts and that set you right off so <laughs> i thought maybe we wanted to start there
3: Sure. Yeah. And I I will say, so I am the ethical panda, so you can find me online. I do a lot of podcasting and other kind of things. I have a background in ethics, among other kind of related academic things. And one of the things I think that gets talked about in ethics, first of all, this is a very common idea. I I think one of the things I pointed out uh, that I think you guys did not know as well, but I think for a lot of your listeners, probably one of the first things that comes to mind is the character of Q, because he does this quite literally with humanity,
1: you're talking um, about Star Trek now.
3: Yes, yeah, Star Trek. In the first episodes of Star Trek and, and it kind of sets up a recurring theme that will go on for a number of Star Trek properties through the ages, mm. is this idea of the of humanity being judged. And I'll talk about that solution, but just first of all, on the idea of of the collective judgment, I think it's basically an ethical idea of like that that there's something deeply problematic about looking at trying to make a judgment about a group of people and then passing judgment on all the individuals in that group based on that. Mm. And this can be anything from like when, you know, a particular, you know, like criminal acts are done by members of a particular group saying, okay, therefore we have to punish all members of that group. And that can right. be, you know, like you can see that in, in Palestine and in Israel, you can see that in the United States, you can see that in all kinds of places. It can also be anything that's where it's not even just an actual punishment. It's just like, oh, look at these five people who did this. All people of this group are blank. Yeah. And and I think one of the things in particular that the, that those kind of judgments miss, I mean, A, there's just the fundamental problem of, at the end of the day, I might be in a group with someone else, but if they did some, even if like 99 out of 100 people, all those 99 people did the, the thing, the 100th person didn't do it. Right. And so- punishing that person you know is it it doesn't make any sense now that can get into a question of are you doing it because you're punishing or are you saying that well because this large number of the group did it that means everyone is you know likely to do it so we're trying to be you know stopping it for that reason but that's a whole other question according to the frame this question this is about punishment
1: yeah so there's a difference to you in here in here between sort of like Centering in the agency of the individual who's doing the judgment versus like, as I introduced before, where you have these problems that are where people do have in a disorganized sense, a collective responsibility towards public health, towards, you know, the sustainability of life on the planet, et cetera, et cetera. And you do have often the people who are least responsible You know, people in the global south, for example, who are you know taking the uh, majority of the damage to environmental damage and you know horrendous flooding, monsoons, et cetera, but they're not responsible for the carbon emissions. What's what's the difference in your eyes? Like, is it entirely you're, you're centering the ethics of the agent judging everybody rather than the ethics of the people who are being judged?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think that's one part of it. But I think another thing is that when you're doing judgments like this, context is so easily forgotten. Mm. Um, first of all, because I mean, often it's you can create an idea, and I think this is a problem that the Eternals or the gods or whatever it's going to be in any story is always going to have of, oh well, I'm the objective person. I'm using this objective standard to judge people. But like you said, okay, if we're going to judge alligators based on how many people do they judge, well. <laughs> That's probably because you're a person and you don't want to be eaten by an alligator. That isn't – that's actually an incredibly biased and incredibly subjective basis upon which to judge alligators. But but even if you put that aside, let's say that that is for some reason a moral judgment. And let's say we're – okay, we're going to see which group of alligators should live. And right. we say that there's this one group that eats people all the time and this other group that never eats people. okay. Barring any other information, you might say this one group of alligators is much more, you know, vicious and ferocious, so we should, like, do whatever we want to do to them. Inherently problematic idea, but, you know, following that logic. But then if you look further and you say, oh, that group actually lives in an area where people frequently get drunk and do stupid things and pass out in the swamp that the alligators live, whereas this other group never comes into contact with people. Right. You know, and I, I, I guess using that part of the example, but I think that's the other thing where it's like when you're looking at any kind of a question without context, without a larger picture, it just doesn't make any sense.
2: And Paul, do you think eating people was good? <laughs> I, th- I, thought that, I thought it was the more people they ate, the better. Maybe that's just my. We could clip that.
1: Ryan. No, no, that was that was the the example given. Is that if you are if you are judging an alligator to its own standards, then you know you're you're going to say that the more successful alligator, the alligator with the least internal contradictions between what it wants and what it achieves is the yeah. one that's better at eating people versus the one who is the, the, the mother Teresa of alligators, the one who mm-hmm. is, you know,
3: I mean, yeah, and then I completely misunderstood that, but in a way, I think <laughs> but that it's your point still, like, still oh,
1: super valid.
3: Yeah. Because yeah. then like yeah. the, 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 the alligators that never have people around, like, why are we judging right. them? It's not their fault. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not they're their not fault. There's no one to eat. Right. Drunk people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will say so the only out that they give themselves in this comic is that it's about the total weight between the two so it's more of a democratic judgment and it's
1: it's entirely hand waved like this this part is kind of the flimsiest like the the, the metaphysics metaphysics are never explained somebody's like so is it like based on total number of of good people versus bad people or is there, you know, like uh, can one person cancel out five, you know, one bad person doing really bad things, cancel out five, you know, just rather average people who are (laughs) just fine. Right. Like, is it
2: binary (laughs) thumbs up, thumbs down? Or is it like, no, that's a 10 and that's a two.
1: And it's, and it's never explained the, 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 the space God, the progenitor, they call it does give each person a thumbs up, thumbs down. as judgment, but it's never, you know, they're left with open questions that are never quite filled or understood. Basically it's, it's just a, it's a roundabout way to say earth gets a thumbs down. We all have to go be Avengers, do a big punchy thing and and save the day. (laughs) Uh.
2: So they call this thing, the progenitor, but they created it. Yeah. It's pretty funny, huh? (laughs) Nice. And it's like basically (laughs) an artificial intelligence, right? Like they created this intelligence Mind. to judge well, everyone. N- not, really. So, not really. So it's not really
1: artificial e- or what? Now I don't know if you guys are familiar with celestials in the Marvel universe. That if you saw the movie yeah, Eternals, yeah. that's the 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 giant right. space god. So yeah. they yeah. So they were, you know, aliens that were created at the beginning of time. Essentially, Willow is, is going to pick so many nits in my summary, I, I, but fine. I'm no, just trying sure. to say it quickly. <laughs> God damn it. It's fine. And, it's fine. And they are essentially responsible for all life on earth and pretty much all life in the universe. You know, they meddle around and, and make things yeah. happen. And so they are not gods in the theological sense because there are, you know, there is sort of like a, there's a, a, a yeah, there's a structure we were, we were talking about this last week. There's like gods like Thor who are generated by belief and, you know, their, their deeds create a feedback loop of worship that increases their strength, et cetera. And that is sort of like, and there's all sorts of pantheons in the Marvel universe. That's kind of like the, the ex, ex, accepted definition of what a God is, but they're not mm-hmm. the gods of creation right? They are created by belief. They did not create humanity. And then in, in the sort of like practical sense of what a God is, it's like, well, the, the celestials, they have the power to create life. (laughs) Yeah. Did create life and are acting as the sort of final arbiter of morality in the, you know, on our planet. So like they may not theologically be gods, but they are practically gods. And the Eternals treat them as such, whereas nobody else really pays them much of a damn of attention at all. Or right. just as like, hey, that's a big weird alien.
3: Well, and see, I uh, think that's... And again, why not are you to trying to kill us? To yeah. drown into the specifics of this particular example of it, but yeah. in general, I think that's why it's kind of impossible to know without understanding why is this judgment happening? Because particularly when there is a consequence to judging the actions of someone else, and the first question you have to ask is, well, A, what is what is the agenda of the person making the judgment and deciding on the punishment, and how does it affect them? and yeah. And what is their own stated goal from it? Because if it is this sense of, like, justice that they're claiming of, you know, the good succeed and the bad get punished, okay, well, that's a completely arbitrary claim, but fair enough if that's what they're doing. Right. Their idea is that we want to encourage others to be better, and so if they see, then unless you are good at being the essence of you, you get punished. Now we have a deterrent idea. We know that that doesn't work, but okay, <laughs> but now we know we can, we can judge them based on that. Or if it is a, like, if this is a scientist, where it's the idea of, okay, I want to see which of my test tube experiments are doing the best, and I'm going to stop worrying about the six that aren't doing well and focus on the four that are— yeah. Okay. That's now a completely different set. And now I think we can get into the ethics of experimentation. And um, right. we've got billions of sentient beings that are, you know, part of experiment. Like, watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3. It's a yeah. bad thing to do. Totally. Um, but I think that's what, and again, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to come on the podcast and be like, okay, the whole concept is dumb. But <laughs> the whole concept is dumb. Well, be, because it, we, it always it's not our story. some degree fine. of objectivity. Yeah. I just don't think that can ever exist. And that's kind of my,
1: well, and again, and, and this is kind of how the 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 story arc ends, right? Is right. that they 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 turn it back on the progenitor and say, "Hey, you're doing a bad thing, sitting in judgment in this way. You're a flawed god. We need to, you know, end you, remake you, blah blah blah, whatever." And and that's how. And so do, it.
2: Do they all do the thumb thing at the same time, like collectively? <laughs> yeah.
1: Back That'd on it. <laughs> That would be pretty sweet. Not visually, but you know, in in a sense, yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 Actually it, it ends up mostly being Salma Hayek's character from the, mm. the movie Ajack. Right. Uh, but that, that's less important. Anyway,
2: it's like a you're judging us. We're judging you kind of thing. Yes. Like, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: can't fire me. I quit. Uh, right. Or, exactly. You, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, this whole court's out of order actually right. would be much more. Uh, nice. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Paul, I wanted I wanted to, to give you some space to to talk about the sort of concepts of collective judgment and and sort of like if you had anything to add there before we funnel the conversation along to another topic. Yeah.
2: I mean, I'm against judgment in general, like as a concept. Like
1: I, I had a feeling you were gonna go there as I yeah. was listening to Matthew talk about, yeah. you know, <laughs> all of these different
2: I'm like collective judgment is even worse. Yeah. Like judgment in the first place, like judging an entire person or yeah. or being or whatever on yeah. whatever like you're I don't, so I don't really believe in ethics or morals and kind of quotes. Like I, Mm -hmm. I think it's all subjective and I feel very strongly about my own subjective feelings, but like, it it is like, well, what do you, what do you value? Right. So it's like, who is anyone to sit in judgment of another entire person or being, and, you know, collectively judging people for the actions of others, like yeah, that's, that's even worse, you know, but I mean, I'll judge actions, but I'm always going to say like, well, that's my subjective opinion of something else based on what I value. And I also understand that there's no, like, I don't like, I think the idea of like a scorecard kind of like, I think it implies some sort of objective standard like Mm. where you can weigh, Oh, these are the good things. These are the bad things. And then like, okay, you're like a five on like an ethical scale. and like, (laughs) Oh, you're a nine, you know? And like, so yeah, the whole premise in the, in the first place, like I think it's interesting as a concept in terms of like, Oh, we're going to do this thing. And then being like, Oh, wait, 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 no, this, this was not a good idea. Let's not do that thing. Right. Um, And I think, a lot of things that go wrong in in societies is like people judging one another based on, you know, a subset of their actions, which I think is different than judging those actions and be, being like, hey, this thing you're doing is causing harm, right? It's yeah. causing harm to others. And thus, I'm going to say, I think that's a bad thing and I want yeah. you to stop it. And if you're yeah. not going to stop it, I'm going to try and take actions to stop yeah. you from doing it, right? Yeah. And like, I'm good with that. But, like, that's different to me than being, like, I think you're a bad person, and, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm giving you the thumbs down. No, I'm giving your action the thumbs down. I'm going to try and stop you. And, like, you know, then if you stop doing it, like, cool. Okay, we're good, you know? Yeah.
3: I mean, I think that's – I think, Paul, you've said what I've been trying to say with a whole bunch of words, much simpler and much better. But I think that's – like, to me, that's why I want to keep pointing out the the falseness of the object idea. Objective idea. Because I think, yeah, yeah, it's like – on the flip side, we all make judgments all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and I will sometimes like, you know, I'll be driving down the road and I will see another car and I will make a snap judgment about how good of a driver I think that is. And then make an accordance of how close or far away, or do I want to pass that car? If the car is weaving all over the road, I probably want to pass it as fast as I can. Yeah. If, and maybe, so maybe that is a fair judgment using information because I've seen a pretty good indication of something. Yeah. Also, though if they have certain bumper stickers that are going to tell me, <laughs> I think that if I had any kind of contact with this car, should something bad happen, I think this could go in a very bad. You know, if yeah, they have yeah, a, yeah. "I love guns" and I'm going to use them when I'm happy to. <laughs> me, I don't want to be of any chance of a bumper fender with this person. Yeah, yeah, like so yeah. you go ahead, I'll be back here. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the thing is, though, that in all those things, though, I am, own- I am owning that this is my. I am making this judgment for my own personal agenda. Sure. Right. I think that's that's the line I think we're both kind of talking about is that's so very different than I think I can uh, sit in judgment in some objective sense.
1: Yeah. So, in the interest of moving the conversation along, should we talk about theology?
3: Let me let me actually just say something yeah. about the Real answer. Simple that's question. Given to Q uh, yeah. in the Star oh, Trek, because I do think it's an it's yeah. an interesting way of framing it, which is that. Wait, because what what Q keeps trying to do is say, "Look at these events from your past. This proves that you are irredeemable as a species." Mm. And the kind of answer to it is, "You're trying to say that the that the that the that that you have enough information to make a final judgment about something that is still ongoing." And the idea being, Mm -hmm. like, how can you judge someone based on their past actions as a way to predict their future actions? Because they're changing, they're growing, they're learning, they're evolving, and that. Yeah, I mean, we can, to some extent, make that judgment, but people do change. Races can change. Humanity changes. You know, things change. And and so there's this really nice idea in it of, you know, remembering that, like, you know, past patterns can teach you a lot, for sure, but that when it becomes, oh, it's always been this, so it always will be that, not only is that bad judgment for all the reason we're talking about, it's just dumb. But we do it as humans all the time.
1: I'm down with that. And I think the the comic ends up kind of taking that stance too but it it complicates it in an interesting way too and this is why i think the the global warming parallel is particularly apt is that they they're saying like you always say you're going to be better you always you know you humans you you're always procrastinating being a better person you're going to do it tomorrow you're going to you know you say like look how look how far we've come you know and and that kind of ends up being the 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 takeaway the moral that like captain america for example holds on to is like you know it's not a great world but you know let's see what where we are tomorrow but the the response from the progenitor is like look you are like and and why this ends up to me being a global warming parallel is like there is a certain point at which it's just too late like you you go you blow past the tipping point and like maybe not too late too late but like you get to a tipping point in emissions and you have raised the sea level enough to swallow, you know, this Island nation. Like you have created a genocide. You've created an apocalypse. This isn't somebody's like conscious action or choice. And you you can make all these plans like, Oh yeah, we're lowering emissions. Oh yeah. We've got this to set in by this date and this, you know, Target that we are in the process of hitting in 2050. It's like you've already killed, you know, however many millions of people and displaced millions more. And you didn't just go and blow up that pipeline and and shut down that refinery. Like this is kind of the, the point that I'm, why, why I think that this is an apt metaphor is like it is arbitrary and it's not fair, but there is consequences to our continued in action at being our best selves.
2: Yeah. And I think there's, there's like, to me, there's a difference between judgment and consequences, but yeah. here maybe the judgment is kind of, I mean, it's the consequences of them creating the progenitor. Right. And sure. <laughs> but, but like, so I think it works as a metaphor, but it is very different in terms of like, like, yeah, human activity on earth has grave consequences for, every life form on the planet, you know? And that's where the, the kind of the metaphor of like, they're going to destroy the earth, right? They're not just going to (laughs) like finger snap like humans out of existence.
1: No, no. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which to me is like the opposite. I'm like, look, if you're judging humans and saying, yeah, you know, y'all done a bad job. You need to go like, (laughs) yeah, stop working. You know, like let them fly off. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Life forms are suffering. Like,
2: (laughs) right. Exactly. And like, maybe, Maybe then the crocodiles won't have any people to eat and it'll be harder to judge them. But like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's it this is where it like it works very well, though, as as a metaphor for climate change, because if humans don't pass, they're literally going to destroy everything. And in our world, like if humans don't pass, which. Seems unlikely humans will pass, but like that's that's not even the pessimist in me. That's just like looking yeah. at the world around us. Yep. You know, twenty fifty, yep. like really, this yep. is our target. Yep. Like yep. that's just so that you can put it on another generation. Like yep. twenty twenty uh-huh. would be the target. You know, twenty twenty five. Like yep. you know, I'm with you. Yeah. And and so yeah, that's like what's happening on Earth yeah. right now, right? And and humans are are not doing well at it.
3: Yeah. See, and I would actually push back on the metaphor some. Because I think, to me, we're mixing up, as you were saying, Paul, actions and consequences versus be- living beings. I- I'm not going to say people, so we can expand it even further, mm-hmm. and their and their moral weight somehow.
1: Because well, this is this is why theology was interesting to me as mm-hmm. a topic of conversation because it kind of being an atheist myself, it's not a particularly like like. I don't approach this as like, this is an immoral or moral act from, you know, this God figure. Like my, my general approach towards religion is like, you believe that that's wild. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me in the least, whether they're the agency of this, this divine being who is passing down judgment. That's kind of like, it's abstracted to the point where it might as well be climate change like i i don't i personally i don't differentiate and so that's why i was interested in getting sort of the the theological aspect from you about like what specifically is it about having a god a divine being a a sort of like something in that role and i think we covered pretty well how does that make it a different choice you know like how does it judgment different from consequence i feel like we've done that pretty well so far but like what what are sort of like the the theological concepts around
3: so this is one that i've thought about quite a lot in the last few days and apologies my own political leanings are going to come out pretty clearly here yeah but if you're not someone on board with where i'm going with this i'm not really sure why you're listening to this podcast or or whatever i hate pat robertson and i'm glad that he's dead I don't oh, think, I don't think that that's that that I called I saw. I saw. I'm not happy about pause. that part of me, but I'm also don't feel sad about it in any way. And to be clear, I am a Christian. Yeah, I would love the idea that Pat Robertson is being tortured for all of eternity for the horrible harm that he did because I think he has blood on his hands of people he has killed and horrible abuses he's done by preaching homophobia and hate and and doing it all by blaspheming the name of God and the God I believe in. When the day he dies, I take comfort and frustration and it, it is to me the beauty and the confusion and the frustration and the wonder of wrestling with the particular image of God that I find in the person of Jesus Christ. That is, and again, I'm not evangelizing here. I think that is just one path to understanding the divine. You don't have to have any understanding of the divine, agnosticism, atheism, Buddhism. All of it is wonderful. None of it is more true. This is just my truth. Yeah. But in my truth, I believe in a God who can love Pat Robertson, Mm -hmm. even though I can't, and Mm -hmm. can forgive me that I can't. Mm -hmm. And I believe in a God that is not going to judge or punish Pat Robertson. Sure. And to me, that's in part what makes God God is that because at the end, I think all of this idea to judge is—I'm going to use "sinful" in a way that is fundamentally different than the way most of the time that word is used. But mm-hmm. it, it, in that, it is fallen. That is not what we are supposed to be doing. Mm. Because again, when it is making a moral judgment of a person, because—and I—I I don't want to get lost in it—but I—I fundamentally don't think the metaphor of climate change works. Because to me, that is a—that is a thing where because it has happened, the consequences are now things that we have to deal with. And at the end of the day, like once we're actually like really dealing with consequences, punishing the people who caused, like I don't care at that point what billionaire caused it, except in like how do we stop it or how mm. do we prevent it? How do we make it right. better? Yeah. So for me, theologically, I I think what matters is consequence. What matters is actions. What matters is okay. These this person has done harm. How do we? How do we make that right? How do, How is healing found? How is restitution found? And while I think that, like, yeah, I think there's a visceral joy that a lot of people, myself included, would get out of knowing that Pat Robertson is suffering because of the horrible harm he inflicted on, on people. I don't think that that's good in the long – I don't think that giving into that in beyond just to, like, you know, watching a fun movie about it happening. It Desperado is a fun movie. The bad guys get terrible things happening to them. Sure. yeah. Um, but my own theology is like that that's not actually the place where I want to be putting my focus and that to me, if I have any understanding of a divine being, it's of one that is – that understands everybody's context and nuance
2: mm-hmm.
3: and isn't interested in – but not in a, like, I'm not going to judge Pat Robertson because he was he was no better or worse than anybody else. That's not the point at all. Right. It's, what can we do to fix this? How can we adjust this? How can we – work to make this better. And that's why to me, like, yeah, like I'm mad at the billionaires who are doing so much to make global warming get worse and worse. But at the end of the day, I don't want to make them suffer because I don't like them. I want to take their money and use it to fix the things that they broke. Yeah. So I guess that's what, for me, theology is often very wrapped up in judgment. And I think that that mm-hmm. is very funny because I'm not even in Christianity, in a lot of religions. Mm-hmm. One of the sacred truths is in a lot of these traditions, like, don't judge. It, it's yeah. not your place to judge. It's not your place to decide who was right, who was wrong, who was, who was good or who is bad. And yet all the time people are like, cool, God, what a great idea. Now we're going to totally ignore everything you just said and build these institutions that do all the things you just said not to do. Like,
2: judge all not said. lest ye be judged yourself.
3: Throw stones, like, you know, if someone says there's the Buddha kill him, like, you know, whatever way you you put it in your individual language, it's individual context or a particular faith. Yeah, it's over yeah. there.
2: Yeah, for me it's just Metallica songs, you know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so
2: that's that's my entire context. But I, I, I really like what, what you're just saying in that like it I found like I related it, I related to it like as much as I related to everything Steve was saying. Yeah which is, you know, certainly more my truth from a, like my understanding of the world. Like, I don't believe in any gods. Most of the gods that I find people talk about, I'm like, I feel like I would towards the progenitor. Like, yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not in favor of Pat Robertson's God. Like, (laughs) that sounds like a horrible thing to exist. And I would fight it if I could, but I don't Mm -hmm. think it exists. So like, you know, we're good. But like what you're describing is like, for me, there's no need to see any of that as like, divine or spiritual but i can still relate to it on a like on a personal level where it's like yeah okay oh, yeah, that's that's kind of who i try to be you know like and you know so i can see myself as a god and maybe <laughs> never mind uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's mormonism that's a perfectly acceptable I'm, never mind, a <laughs> but anyway, i think and again this is just purely getting to theology but like i I am a personal believer that you cannot be a person of faith and not be an agnostic, that there has to be some understanding of mystery and doubt and that. Right. That, then it's not
2: faith. Right. Like, yeah. It's yeah. Some, and and to yeah, me, like, right.
3: I think, I think there's just things that we don't understand and being completely convinced that you know exactly what it is or what it isn't.
1: Sure. It, it's, it's funny. Cause for me, I, I considered myself an agnostic for a long time. And then I realized, you know what? I, that's a, that's a coward's take in a way. <laughs> <laughs> like, of co- of course, it, it's like saying like, oh, I see both sides, but I'm not gonna of this argument, but I'm not gonna pick one. You know, like, sure, it, I I don't have personal fundamental knowledge uh, whether there is a god or not. I feel like nobody can, or or very few people can. You know, if if you've had a mystical experience where you've touched the divine with your own hand and heard it its voice in your own head, then you know uh, you can have knowledge yourself. Otherwise, you can't disprove you know the the hypothesis essentially. And so, to me, it just gets to like, do I live my life as if there is a theistic god or not? And the answer is no. And so, okay, uh yeah, I'm an atheist.
0: <laughs>
2: you know, I feel, I feel like agnostic
0: is like being undeclared at college.
2: <laughs> as a major. Well, I I think also though it's a word that is just used in a number of ways, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah. it can be used as a sort of like shoulder shrug, I don't know, or it can yeah. be used as like a more specifically, "Hello cat." That's
3: it's not it's very that's how, much that's how, cat, that is how agnostic
2: cat. is used.
0: Yes, and you want to say hello to, to different cats depending on their personality. Absolutely. But, but well, like I
1: getting, guess I do believe in the divine because I, you know, because cats, right. um, <laughs> yeah,
3: Wait, no, Paul, finish what you're...
2: yeah, yeah. So basically, just that, like, I mean, there's I think any rational person has to acknowledge a lack of certainty on a wide range of things, which is like most things. I do think that there are things that you can be like, well, that's ridiculous. You know? (laughs) And like, sure, like the chances of such and such and like are approaching zero, but I guess maybe. But like to me, once the chances of something approach zero, I'm just like, I'm going to operate as if that is false with certainty because the chances of it are infinitesimal. And I feel like there's a large range of Beliefs that when I look at in an attempt at rationality, I'm like, nah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, but so to me, like the word agnostic is often used as a way of kind of like walking back atheism from some people, you know, yeah, totally. but that, yeah. but that's different, I think, than the way that Matthew's using it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, like for me, I, I think uncertainty and humans failure to understand uncertainty uh, is, is one of the... The biggest problems in our world, Mm -hmm. you know, where because Mm -hmm. uncertainty can coexist with knowledge, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can know Mm -hmm. that something's 80% likely to be true. That is knowledge, but it's not certainty. And yeah. I think Gra- people,
1: <laughs> gravity is still a theory at this point. Right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, there's just tons of things where it's like, well, we can either operate as if they're true or we can operate as if they're likely. And that's different from just shrugging saying, I don't know, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and so, I'll... yeah.
3: Good. Yeah. I just, there's a lot I want to say here. And it really, I think as you said, I think you're all talking about, it goes to the definitions we're using, but not only of agnostic, but also of atheism. Mm-hmm, and I really yeah. appreciate the way you kind of, teased it out a bit, Steve, of saying that you are mm-hmm. atheistic. Yeah. Um, because a, a saying that's become pretty prevalent among progressive Christians, which I which I very much relate to, is that most of the time when an atheist tells me about the God that I don't they don't believe in, I say, cool, I don't believe in that God either. Right. Yeah. Um and very, very brief history lesson, like not even history lesson, but just historical comment. Many you probably know this as well. Like Many of our ideas of a theistic God, particularly of a very much like, like you were saying, Steve, like you hear a literal voice, you are touched in a literal way, you can literally understand,
1: mm-hmm.
3: fundamentally comes as a response to modernism, as a response to mm-hmm. the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. and Dar- very yeah. much Darwinism itself. I mean, fundamentalism yeah. is born quite literally to reject Darwinism. Mm. And the idea being that I think for an awful lot of religious history, the idea of truth and scientific fact being in any way linked is it makes no sense to anybody like mm-hmm. when you're, and that's why the first two stories of the Bible fundamentally contradict each other because the idea, <laughs> and a lot of rabbis have written about this, that Christians miss this mm-hmm. is that it, the way, the reason why the first story says it's created in six days. And the second story says in one day in ways that literally contradict each other is to say, we're not trying to tell you the actual facts because <laughs> we barely even invented bronze. What the hell do we know about how the world was created? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> These <laughs> are <laughs> stories. Find yeah. Tricks. Yeah. And, and so to me, when I say agnostic, yeah, I do think, it, I think, it, I think it's, it's this incredibly broad, you know, yeah. check all thing these days. But for me, what it means is that there are truths in the universe that I can understand. Mm-hmm. I can understand, you know, gravity being one of them. I don't – light is another one. I don't fully understand it. There are different theories yeah. out there. But I know that it is a thing. Right. There's also other stuff that I don't understand and that I don't think Mm -hmm. my human brain at this point has any concept to be able to understand. Things like what happens after death and and why did this all get started and all of that. And to me, faith is about saying I don't understand those things, but I do have either experiences or beliefs or ideas that give me a framework of what to do with all of this mystery and thought and feeling that I don't have any conscious framework for. And so I'm going to hang out with other humans who use metaphors that are similar to mine to help explain it.
1: I'm absolutely with you. Uh, Sorry.
3: Yeah. And and to me, that's the thing is that like, it's when we forget that those are metaphors and start instead saying, no, these are actual literal truths. And Mm. my literal truth is so much better than yours that we're going to have a war over it. (laughs) That's yeah. when all the problems come. And I think and that's again where I think it's like again and again, Jesus, Buddha, Mohammed, different Shinto lead, you know, like all, all come along. They're all saying to some extent and purpose, stop taking your metaphors so seriously. And yet, people yeah. being people, we're like, well, but we could build a really big statue and have a war if we took it seriously. So let's do that instead. Yeah.
2: <laughs> statues I, are cool though. You know, statues are, yeah. Pretty, yeah. Cool. Statues statues are, are cool. pretty cool. Statues are cool. Like that celestial that gets frozen at the end. Like that would be a pretty cool place to visit. I think. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, no, yeah, like,
1: yeah. You take you oh. take a you take a <laughs> right boat out the there. You, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've a question you know. about, about it what it does for tidal
3: patterns in that part of the world. But that's, yeah, that's, oh, a yeah. that's a little yeah. What but, is
0: going? Like, it started to come out of the planet. Like, there's got to be a hole, right? Like,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, <some laughs> you, yeah. you probably
1: have some cool like reef structures, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was I was just going to bring it back to Judgment Day. To to the actual comic, but if you've got if you've got another tangent, by all means.
3: Well, I'm actually going to take it in a totally different direction to one of my favorite yes. superhero involved questions, but that ties I think into all of this. Okay. Because I think Pretty one good. of the things that we often, I think that it is, I think one of the core ideas that so many people have for their philosophy is agency, and that it is vital, vital, vital to have agency. Mm-hmm. Which I, for the most part, agree with. Yeah. But we also then get into questions like collective responsibility and all this. You know, the my ability to swing my hand hits your face. Right. Now we do something really dark. Let me do something very not kosher that is that is forbidden theologically on this podcast. I realize that, I hope you'll be okay with this blasphemy. I'm going to mention DC Comics. Oh, <laughs> because this is a Marvel based pod, but. In the first it's only
1: earth. it's only DC based out of for me anyway. I don't give a fuck. It's it's just about I, you know, I only have so much time on this earth, and right. I I'm not gonna get into into <laughs> know, something know, without getting way too deep into it. And so you know I'm, I gotta limit myself at some point. It's also I dumb. Do,
3: but you, the, the you is, <laughs> <all Marvel facts. laughs> at, at the end of the first season of Supergirl, the villains mm. come along. And quite literally take mind control over every human being on the planet. And our heroes are like, oh my God, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? What is revealed is because these people like think destroying planets is bad, not out of some other agenda, but just because they think destroying planets is bad. And so they are forcing through mind control, all of humanity to fix global warming. Mm. And their plan is that within three years of people being complete mindless automatons, they will have forced humanity to fundamentally change the economy, fundamentally change the industry and fix global warming. Hmm. Of course the vil- you know our heroes are like no this is bad so we have to stop it.
1: Right, because it's fundamentally yeah. So here's my question. Conservative in a way.
3: Is that wrong? To go to your thing about the collective response like to me yeah. it, it, the much better question is not to me okay how do we morally feel about this person who's doing a bad thing that's harming others but what do we do right. about it? So okay. Right. If you can remove all agency, and in doing so, prevent all harm, and theoretically give agency back.
2: It's like borrowing agency. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, um, when,
3: what do you guys think about that, that, that particular solution?
1: I think it's wrong. I don't think it's a, necessarily a bad solution, but I do think it's wrong.
3: <laughs> and that's ethics in a, in a nutshell right there.
1: Yeah. I guess for yeah. me, it's like,
2: you got a better idea? Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and here's the thing, I've seen people talk about mind control and like mind controlling someone else is fundamentally unethical, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Well, what if one person's about to kill another person and then you mind control the person just long enough to have them not kill the other person and right. then the other person's not dead? It's like, well, I would say that whatever I have against mind control, which is a lot, very yeah. against it, broadly speaking, <laughs> yeah, I am more against killing other people.
1: I'm also against punching old- people in the face.
3: No, but I, like,
1: well, okay. I you, mean, you do martial it's kind arts. Of fun though. Art. Have you tried it
3: though? Like- <laughs> 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 For legal reasons, Paul is talking about places where people have consented to being punched in the face because they do martial arts,
2: or because they touched my sunburn. I'm like, if you touch my sunburn again, I am going to punch you in the face.
1: Anyway, you have laid out um, your consequences well, and by by touching your sunburn again, they have they have in a sense consented. Exactly, right? You have exactly. laid out. Yes, they implicitly consented to being punched <laughs> yeah, in the face. Very
3: slippery exactly. slope, but yes. We'll <laughs> they basically <that. laughs> asked
2: me to punch them in the face. But the, the point being, like, if your issue with mind control is the removal of agency, yeah, well, killing someone is like the ultimate removal of agency. That person no longer mm-hmm. has any agency because they it's cease the to exist. The removal
0: of future agency, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it's like they're done, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, no, they don't have to then proceed under mind control. But they can't do anything else. They, their choices are spent. They're gone. They've been yeah. taken from them. So yeah. to me, it's like if we're looking at sort of lesser evil, like, well, which is worse? Well, killing yeah. someone's worse. So yeah, I'll mind control anybody Like in order to stop that, right? <laughs> yeah. And like if you're good at it, maybe you can kind of be like, maybe there's a way to not turn people into automatons. I don't know, like if you're yeah. actually able to mind control everyone. But sure, whatever. sure, sure, sure. That's, you know. Anyway, yeah. so, so uh, one thumb up, one thumb down. Well. <laughs> Just tell you I think
0: I have to go thumb down on mm. on that specific situation <sighs> I don't know I mean the other approach that you see is like the race the alien race that that knows better comes down and forces right. it on everyone <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah and yeah. it's <laughs> like this is how we fix global warming we're gonna do it with or without you good luck yeah
1: <laughs> I mean I, I think I think part of it is that uh, the it always matters how you do something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that ends justify means. I think that the 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 means create new ends and new means in yeah. future situations. And so it's it's not as cut and dry as like is this an ethical thing to do? It's like right. what are the knock on effects that will happen and what can. But I, I think something like that gets to the fundamentally conservative nature of a lot of superhero media, where superheroes are trying to. You know, return the world to status quo. When, whenever crisis happens, superheroes yeah. intervene, return the world to status quo, and then you continue on from there versus like actively trying to pursue it. Except for X Men, X Men are trying to create, you know, a loving utopia between different uh, groups. And, and that is fundamentally different. Everybody else. They're just trying to to protect the world by because every by time
3: someone's to tried to create well. a utopia, they've certainly never done harm to people who got in the way of their utopia. Never. That's ever, a separate. Diffar- that's a
1: separate <laughs> point. It's it's I, not I about whether you. they're doing wrong or 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 whether it's good or bad. In the Krakoa era, if you've been listening to Hype is my superpower, you'll see they're doing a lot of bad. But it, it's just a matter of uh, are is their aim you know conservative or utopian essentially.
3: And I think that that gets into the, where we started, of uh, this idea of can you be the outside, objective, rational answer? Because, mm-hmm. like, I think that is kind of a cheat of the show because they never actually explain why do these other aliens care that this planet mm-hmm. has might or might not die from global warming. And I think that – and because I will say I am in the end oh, – gotcha. yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. I'm pretty sure when it came out in 2015 – I was thumbs down very, very reluctantly. I'm not yeah. anymore. I think I'm okay mm. with it. A lot for the reason that Paul was saying, I do think that there's something about imminent danger. And that like literally, if I'm pointing a gun at someone else's head, I don't think that physically stopping my hand or mentally stopping my hand. I don't think that one of them is more virtuous. I think both prevent sure. me from shooting the gun.
1: But how right, imminent right is right the now, danger and how is, Right now our generation
3: is, the, is holding yeah. that gun on every generation that's going to come after ours. And our finger is getting more and more to the trigger, and maybe it's just because I philosophically changed, or maybe it's just because in 2015 I had more hope that we would actually be smart and fix it Mm. than I do today. And and I think, though, at the end of the day, and here's where, as the person who hosts the Ethical Podcast and calls myself the Ethical Mm. Panda, I'm a little weird. I think the only point of ethics is to recognize that it's a theoretical conversation to help you make real life actions. And so I would say, from a theoretical standpoint. I am always going to say that I think that mind control is, is if anything, a necessary evil and something I would wish could be avoided because what's their agenda? And are they going to then say, oh, well, this other planet is actually like painting everything beige and it would be better if it's purple. So now we're going to mind control them to do that.
1: Yeah, but beige. I mean, that is. sounds like well, I mean, imminent threat right there. Right, I, exactly. If you've seen I interior design trends from the last you know, <laughs> 10 no. years, shout out <laughs> McMansionHell.com.
3: But, but <laughs> the point being – I don't know if it's ethical, but if I had the yeah. power to stop them, I wouldn't yeah. I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think this is ethical or not. I think it's the right thing to do. And in many yeah. ways, I think that's kind of the point is in the same way with the religion idea, like ethics is great, but at some point you just got to decide like what's the right decision to make. And to me, that's about consequence.
2: Like what, and to me, that's like, I'm not stopping. Pe- I wouldn't use the mind control out of like judging people. It's out of, attempting to estimate the consequences of their likely actions. And then what are the consequences of my actions? And and Steve brings up good points like, Okay, but where does it stop? Like, yeah. do you just constantly mind? Co- like in Red Sun, you know, I, I'm I'm not a fan of mm-hmm. what Superman's going around doing, right? Just to yeah. stick with the DC. Uh. <laughs> 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 but like, Will, you're making a face. <laughs> Glory of DC. I, I'm trying to think of a good uh, a good Marvel example. Um, no, it's I'm fine.
1: Red Sun was a good comic. Sure, it's yeah, one yeah, of yeah, the yeah. like three DC comics I've ever
2: read. <laughs> but it's it's just it's like it also depends to me like like not that there's an objective truth in terms of like morals or ethics but that i mean either climate change is really bad and going to be worse or it's not and where you stand on that and and what you actually think of what the i mean the difference between 2015 and now is like climate change a really isn't bad the future <laughs> yeah like it's not it's we're not looking into the future saying, oh, things are going to get so much worse. I mean, we are, but we're also looking and being like, oh, it's forest fire season, you know, in Canada. Like, you know, like there are natural disasters currently going on there. And then, yes, that was already true in 2015, but it's more true. I mean, just in that eight year period, you can see how fast things have accelerated. And it is to the point of, it's like, what is anybody really going to do about it?
1: You know? Yeah. Yep. Well, I wanted to. I, I had. I had a. No, I think that's questions. good. Okay. <laughs> Will, <laughs> on that cheery note. <laughs> Will, uh, do you do you have any anything that you want to to bring up? And I guess I have like a a wrap up,
0: thumb up thumbs down question.
1: Of. Oh, I do have one more after this. Go go ahead, Will. I'm sorry.
0: Uh, that's fine. It's more just kind of from. Uh, how do you affect the world around you according to your personal beliefs perspective? Do you think you would get a thumbs up or a thumbs down?
3: Depends if I've taken my medication.
2: Legit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, personally, I think in terms of my own, like I would probably give myself a thumbs up, but at the same time, like if I really ask myself, it's like, am I actually doing enough to, Affect positive change? The answer is just no. You know, I mean, I I do think throughout my life I've done a very good job of limiting the harm that I cause to others. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of humans, but especially non-human inhabitants of the Earth. Which I think, like, if we look at it relatively, like, yeah, like you know, I think I'm in the 99th percentile there. But like, in terms of actually effectively changing things like taking the kinds of actions that like, you know, my great, 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 great uncle did like to be like, yeah, I will put everything into the basket of trying to change the world. Like, no, I don't, I don't do that. So, yeah. you know, with a, with a favorable judge, like, yeah, yeah. Easy pass. But like with a harsh, <laughs> like, are you really changing things? Like, no, nah.
1: mm. you know, I think so I might have like, it. what's a pass game, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think I would have passed 10 years ago. I think I would fail now, but I think I'm much uh, a much healthier and happier person now. Yeah. So <laughs> it's tough. Like it's
2: hard to like exist and continue existing while doing everything you feel like you should do, right?
1: Like, yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. is this is sustainable.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, well, I guess for me, like I am confident in my ability to change people's worlds positively of the ones that like I'm in contact with, but do I go out and try to do that more? No. (laughs) Like I don't, I know that I, I'm confident in my ability to, you know, make people or help people have a positive day or like a, you know, be a, be a plus in, in somebody's experience of the last 24 hours. I'm, I, I am confident in that. Am I taking that confidence and ability and walking down Main Street and telling people, hey, I hope you have a good day. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so like, on, on on what scale? I think on the on the global scale, I don't think I would pass. On a personal scale, I would hope that I pass, but I I I, I don't know. I guess it d- it depends on how the progenitor understands my personal
3: intentions. I think for myself, 10 or 15 years ago. I was much more sure. 10 or 15 years ago, I was completely sure that I would pass. Mm. And the fact that I am not today is why I think today I actually pass. Because I think an awful lot of harm is done in this world by people who are so convinced that they are doing Mm. the right thing that they're not stopping and questioning enough. Because I was, you know, I was the kind of person who would like, you know, be sure that I was helping the people in my life without actually paying much attention to what they said they needed, but much more about what I thought they needed I think a lot of my politics was coming from really like that kind of place of white guilt and white liberalism of like, I know what is best for everybody else. And so I can do those things. And like, I think at that time of life, I I did do a lot of good in a lot of ways. And I also caused a lot of harm. And I think today I have a much smaller range of influence. And I think for the most part, it means I'm doing a lot less harm and I'm still doing some good. But at the end of the day, I think more than anything, I think it's the fact that I'm no longer living my life by wondering about that question. Because mm-hmm. and here I'm gonna tie it in again. I think that, you know, there's a lot of questions you can ask about like why has Christianity done so much harm, in particular among world religions? And and part of that's just because it existed in the place that guns first were, you know, really existing and that had different germs and all this kind of stuff. But part of it's also because one of the fundamental things that all a majoritarian part of Christianity for too long taught was this idea of God will only love you if you can prove that you are worth being loved. And so it drives people in both their personal life and in their political life to go out and do so much. Mm -hmm. I think, honestly, the best way to get that thumbs up is to take yourself off of that treadmill, where it's no longer, I have to... Spend two more hours at this food bank instead of going home and watching the TV I want to watch because, or else I'm a bad person. Whether that's right. I'm a bad person mm-hmm. in the eyes of my God or myself or the person who's next to me at the food bank, whatever it is, that is just such a self destructive and destructive of others' place to be in. And so, I think in a lot of ways, just the more to me, the, mo- the reason I'm the most thumbs up now than I think I've ever been in my life probably still not thumbs up enough by any means, but it's because I'm more than anything, I'm trying to get off that treadmill.
2: Yeah. I feel like that was the opposite of kind of my own view of myself and sort of <laughs> self-assessment, right? In terms of like feeling like I'm not doing enough, yeah. but like in turn, I feel like you would judge
1: me well. Maybe that's why we're friends. I don't know. Probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, well, I feel like I, that's the, I, well, I, that's kind of like part of the, the, the thing in, in like, the progenitor appears to you as somebody who you going back to the comics here. Yes. Who's somebody whose judgment you would respect. And so it, 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 sometimes it's uh, interpreted as like, what would this person think of you? And sometimes, because it's not all written by the same person it's inconsistent. And sometimes it's, they're just taking the form opportunistically. Yeah. I I think we're all, you know, the harshest, harshest, judges of ourselves and part of that is just like we have the highest idea of the things that we desire or are capable of and and we judge ourselves based on our idealized best self versus other people judge us based on who we are
2: mm. or their their perceptions of us anyway
1: or their right? perceptions right. of us exactly yeah or what we show them i wanted to close out this podcast if we're at the point of closing it out you, you were you were talking about faith before Matthew and I have to say despite being an atheist I, I I think it's impossible to not live a certain amount of your life based on faith for the exact reasons that you said they're just things that you can't know and you have to kind of put foundational building blocks in your life uh over to paper over uncertainty just to kind of like get through the day and and um and be able to put one foot forward in front of the other and have just any firmament to stand on, uh, in your life. And I think one of the articles of faith that I hold in my life is that not, not explicitly that we will pass in, in these terms, but that it's going to be okay. That people are going to be capable of the kind of collection, collective action that it's going to take to build a better world for each other. And it doesn't necessarily mean that like you know climate change is going to be all right, or any of these disasters as they stack up are going to be okay in the end or that bad things won't continue to happen in the world because obviously they will they will, but at some point in some way, we are going to figure out how to build a world where people love each other and create the best world for each other, and to me that mean that's that's what the past is down well hey thank you both so much for for joining us and and ha- this was a really fantastic conversation yeah, it was do you want to time. give any
2: thanks for having
1: me yeah do you want to give any more plugs before you go yeah where can we find you guys paul
2: yeah i'm send madman i like tweet chess puzzles and stuff and uh, I'll, I'll make some more stuff maybe there will be more stuff out by the time this podcast is actually produced and released because uh, Steve seems to say that it could be a minute. He likes to take his time. Um, it's fine. But yeah, and I don't
1: like to. I just do. You just do. Right. This is this, <laughs> is, this, is, this is how this is no, how I. No. Yeah. This is this is how I get the thumbs down. <laughs> uh, it's very relatable,
2: though. You know, I have multiple YouTube channels that I haven't made a video on for a year. So, but I constantly think of good video ideas. So maybe course, by the time yeah. this is out, there'll be new ones right. on Zen Madman, Zen Madman Chess or Zen Madman Poker, Uh, and maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll start streaming again on Twitch as Zen Madman, so, uh, yeah, and that's about it, and I I, uh, appear intermittently, less frequently than before, on Matthew's podcasts, which I will now pass the baton.
3: Yeah, and I'll just say kind of by way of introducing my podcasts, but also kind of responding to Steve, what you said, if I have any article of faith, it's that, conversation moves things forward. When it's conversation Mm -hmm. among people in good faith who might see things differently but are all kind of coming at it from an open perspective. And so I really thank you guys for hosting this conversation. I think this is a great chance to exchange ideas and bounce things around. And all of my podcasting is based off of taking the geeky media projects that people love, Marvel, DC, Star Wars especially, Star Trek, Cobra Kai, because surviving in high school is a superpower, all these things, and, and using them as a launching point to have conversations. Because it, to me, if I have any article of faith, it's at the end of the day, like, I am I'm interested in trying to find a way to say, hey, if you and I both like this shared concept of a story, can we talk about what it means to us? And maybe that can advance the way we try to be better to each other. And so, yeah, so my podcast, which, wow, I just set a really high bar for them. We do also just spend a lot of time talking about cool fight scenes. Um, <laughs> but The Ethical Panda is probably the main ones that's wor- worthy to <clears throat> hear. We've done content recently on AI and issues with robots. Will came on and did a great podcast with me about the new Spider-Verse movie, which, by the way, Paul, I am – the moment it is announced what date it is released on any kind of streaming platform <laughs> – I'm going to schedule you to a podcast with me like four hours after that because uh, I really want to hear your take on it. Um, it's part one. <laughs> like, can I wait till part two comes on and watch both? Uh, no. I won't even get into no. that. No spoilers
2: whatsoever, but it is. Lee really wants to watch it. That's so we'll, we'll, no. We'll, we'll do that. We can. It's we can, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. uh, my other one's
0: called Star Wars.
3: My other one's called the Star Wars Universe podcast. Uh, that one is specifically about Star Wars, but we're. I once, I'm very proud that I got a review once because Paul and I were having a conversation about something yeah. in Mandalore, and we didn't know the name of, like, a dead animal that was on the ground because apparently it was the skeleton of a crate dragon, and neither of us recognized that. Oof. That was on Tatooine, I'm much more right? interested in the character and the force and the ideas and all this kind of stuff. We're right now doing a final season of Rebels, and we're talking about other content to get ready for the Ahsoka show. Lots of good stuff to check out there. And you can find all the podcasts I do under theethicalpanda.com. I've also had a different podcast called Bingers Assemble, covering every one of the Indiana Jones movies. They're mostly to kind of be fun and build some hype and excitement about the new ones coming out. But we will be doing a a podcast on the ethics of archaeology as portrayed in those movies, which I have some ethical questions about. Not only also the ethics of uh, dating your professor, your colleague's daughter, uh, which is presented in a very interesting way in those movies. So, yeah, lots to check out. Theethicalpanda.com is where you'll find all of it.
2: And the first one is superhero ethics, right? Unless you change the title.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, the the I am the ethical panda. Theethicalpanda.com has both of them. The two podcasts are called Superhero Ethics and Star Wars Universe Podcast.
0: Yeah. Sweet.
3: Excellent. Well, thanks again, guys.
0: This is, I've, I love having guests because you never know where yeah. the conversation is going to go. Steve and I have had conversations with each other for 35 years now. Like, exactly. it's, it's pretty predictable where we're gonna, <laughs> where our thought process <laughs> is going to go. So it's it's really fun having uh, both of you on and, uh, and also extra shout out to any other guest that we've had on that's listening to this episode Absolutely. As well.
3: Anytime you want someone to come on and tell you the whole premise of the comic and the, the idea is stupid, I'm here for you. So.
0: <laughs>
1: Perfect. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> All right, bye-bye, everybody. Awesome. All right. Goodbye wait you will you have to uh oh you know, gosh something yeah it gets deal. real awkward
0: if we don't do that because we have to put yeah. the outro music like here and if i don't mm-hmm. say that the podcast doesn't end and then you have yeah. like a 48 hour episode Yeah, so exactly time. <laughs>
1: all right oh, take care everybody